electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job, not just entertain, but educate, teach, put this into context. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. Is this whole move up? Whole move. Just fueled by wishful thinking. Are we whistling past the graveyard here? After a strong day, Dow gained 133 points, although it was up much more at the beginning. The S&P climbed 0.90%. The Nasdaq jumped 1.13%. I, I think those are the wrong explanations. It's not wishful thinking. It's just that I keep telling you we have two markets, right? I told you why the S&P doesn't work anymore. We have two markets. We have all that stuff that went down, and I'm going to go over that. And then, of course, what's in the Nasdaq and science and technology. That's what's responsible for the phenomenal move. You know, the Nasdaq's barely down for the year. Yeah, and the bad market, the industrials, the travel and leisure stocks, everything that still gets dinged, even on a big up day like this one. Right now, there is genuine excitement on Wall Street that we could maybe be returning to something close to normalcy. The economy's starting to open up, not all at once, but in some important areas. We know unemployment is ridiculously high. We know the government needs to do more bailouts, both individuals and businesses. But people did get their stimulus checks, and small business has that payroll protection program, so money will flow to small business employees. Consumers have been cooped up, and some of them are willing to go out to eat in the states that will let restaurants open, although it's hard for them to make money in the age of physical distancing. I'll go into more on that later. But that's not what's at stake here. Today, I started hearing some new chatter, and I'm not a believer, but some new chatter, that we might be actually on the same path as China, which was rocky at first, but is now remarkably smooth sailing. We know the Chinese botched the initial response to this fire, so though then again, so did we. Regardless of how how I feel about China, the fact is their economy is on the right trajectory. After the biggest quarantine in human history, they got COVID under control, and now business is coming back. In some places, it's roaring back. 
Now, I'm starting to hear that maybe we're only three or four months behind China. Although, if we're really where China was back in February, that means the near-term future is still pretty grim. Now, Chinese consumers have been scarred by this whole experience, but they have the only fully functional economy in the whole world. And people are spending money again. That's the trajectory we want to be on. I know Dr. Anthony Fauci hasn't been making these claims. If anything, he expects a brief flow over the summer before the virus comes back full blast in the fall. Read the National Ge- Geographic interview. I'm inclined to believe him. But what do I know? He's, this, he's brilliant. But if, I, if a less smooth China-style rebound is even a possibility, not something I'm necessarily backing on, but a possibility, that's still a big deal. My view. Look. I'm not sanguine about the hardest hit parts of this economy. Even if we officially reopen, restaurants will only be able to operate at a fraction of their capacity. Same for movie theaters, shopping malls, theme parks, as we'll hear from Disney. I doubt that there's a huge backlog of people who want to fly or take cruises. Again, Disney. The stuff that stinks now will probably continue to stink until we get a vaccine. And I think it'll be in a timetable that is, that is longer than what the president says. Hate him or like him. I mean, he's not necessarily the guy who's going to determine or even uh, has the, let's say, the the team even that could explain. No one knows when we're going to get a vaccine. we got to stop being so bullish about it. Why? Not because our team isn't the best. It is. The doctors are great. The scientists are great. But it's because the darn thing is so pernicious. It's nefarious, and it's always morphing. But as the country gradually reopens, there are some industries that should do much, much better. For example, do you know that we're having a health care recession? This is the first time we've ever had a health care recession in my lifetime. Doctors and dentists across the country have had to close their practices. While hospitals focus nearly all their resources on fighting COVID, we'll hear Massimo later. You'll hear more. As states start to lock, lift their lockdowns, I think that the beginning of the end for the health care recession is finally arising. So how do you make money off it? Just look at this phenomenal run, but not far enough. In the stock of AbbVie, the big drug company that's in, possess, in the process of acquiring Allergan. Wall Street loved this deal at first, but then the outbreak started and put the kibosh on Allergan's best business, Botox. Can't get your wrinkles smooth if your dermatologist's office is closed, even though it's a cash pay business. But now those dermatologists are opening for business, and the pent-up demand is huge, which is exactly what AbbVie CEO Richard Gonzalez predicted on his excellent conference call last week. Before the pandemic, makeup was a terrific business thanks to the selfie generation. According to Fabrizio Freda, the brilliant CEO of Estee Lauder, who met on Friday, we're now in the Zoomy generation, 300 million strong, and holy cow, Zoom can really make you look bad. It's not flattering. I emceed the American Brain Foundation's virtual award ceremony last week where I received the ambassador award for migraine advocacy. And I got to tell you, looking at my face on the screen for two hours was unnerving, to say the least. Get me to the dermatologist, for heaven's sake. You have no idea how much effort goes into making this face presentable for TV. It's a list this long of people. I'll I'll save you. Fabrizio's dead right. If anything, the Zoom generation demands more than just cosmetics. That's how punishing your portrait can be. That's why a reopened economy would be great news for the medical aesthetics business and fabulous for the stock of AbbVie, especially with its 5.5% yield. Lots of people don't look how look. They hate the way they look on Zoom. Second, once the lockdown is lifted, you'll finally have a reason to drive somewhere other than the closest grocery store. When you drive, you use gasoline. A couple of weeks ago, I gave you my blessing to buy oil for trade, and they've had a sustained run ever since. You need to be careful with oil now. It's moved up because I think longer term, they're not great investors, but I still like Chevron here. Yes, great quarter. They really had a great quarter. I'm not kidding. And, and, and a dividend that's they've got no problem paying. It'll do even better when the economy reopens. But what's really leading this market is the NASDAQ. And right now, the NASDAQ's powered by tech and life science. These groups have been unstoppable for the 
past couple of days that have been great throughout this pandemic. Tech, okay, we have to be thinking tech and life science. Keep saying those two terms when we're down a lot. Take uh, Tech turned positive today thanks to the pin action. From Skyworks Solutions, the chip maker with major wireless exposure. We've had them on a bunch of times. Just reported an amazing quarter last night. The company's seeing some fantastic strength in wireless infrastructure. The Internet of Things, machine to machine, medical, even autos. But the best part, though, was the incredible orders from handset makers worldwide that Skyworks, uh, they re- that rely on Skyworks to power the innards of their 5G phones. See how Liam Griffin named a long list of customers who are ordering like crazy. And while he's not allowed to mention Apple by name, first rule of the Apple Supply Club is you don't talk about the Apple Supply Club. I got to believe they're a major part of it. Hence why Apple rallied nicely. (laughs) By the way, that was a good quarter. I'm really getting tired of people. They obviously weren't on the same quarter I was. I mean, maybe they were on like on the Apple Bank quarter. Remember those guys? Anyway, look, we all love Zoom. But in addition to making us look bad, they've had trouble handling all the new capacity. It results in that kind of herky-jerky thing. You ever see that? You know, like you're looking, it's like, you know, it always has to, always has to like, your eyes closed. I mean, you know, come on. It freezes at the worst possible times. Here's how I see it. Billions, billions of people across, <laughs> had to do that. Across the globe have discovered why we really need 5G. It's because of, you know, I mean, it, it's just unreliable and it's unnerving and it's depressing. Again, this insatiable demand for tech isn't happening despite COVID. It's happening because of COVID. When you work from home, you need a sophisticated setup for your your home office, which means buying lots of tech hardware. That means a lot of semis. It means a lot of semi-equipment. Yes, the capital equipment like AMAT, like uh, Lamb Research, all without our economy doing much at all. China's driving the bus. And the last, last, what, 20 tweets, seven tweets were more positive about China or like the last two things and the moments ago thing. Meanwhile, there's the other pillar of NASDAQ science, by which I mean pharma and biotech. Pfizer just started human trials for the COVID trial. How great is Meg Terrell? She was all over that thing like a cheap suit today. I mean, like a white on rice, whatever. Regeneron's got a two-pronged approach. They're working on a novel antibody cocktail that should be ready for trials in June, along with an off-the-shelf moonshot, a rheumatoid arthritis drug that might be able to alleviate COVID's worst symptoms. I really don't believe in the latter. Sorry, Lens Lens Fantastic, but the former I've got great hopes for. Remember, we need to beat this virus any way we can, not just with a hope for, but tough to make vaccine. But if it gets in you. Maybe we can beat it. The thing has got everybody down, as it should. Of course, Regeneron rallied 32 points after it reported for a variety of reasons, surprising strength in drugs, like it's too many cholesterol, well, anti-cholesterol drugs. Holy cow, the numbers were great. It's old eye care franchise holding up well, as well as extraordinary new anti-cancer pipeline. The pin action for Regeneron caused the whole biotech cohort to run. Away from medical, Wayfair just reported monster set of numbers. Online furniture retailer shows us what's working. What a wake-up call. Guess what it took along with it? It took Amazon. It took Etsy, PayPal, all the other e-commerce stalwarts. Again, though, we have two markets. All the stuff that's working propelled the averages today, but there's a second, much worse market that looks very different. Once again, the banks are barely hanging in there. I don't trust the bank stocks at all. The brick-and-mortar retailers got hit. I trust them not at all. A giant container board company, Westrock, hit us with a big dividend cut. Aerospace is awful. Oh, and uh, in-home versus outdoor entertainment? Well, let's just put it right there. Activision Blizzard gave us a blockbuster quarter, and its stock is flying after hours. But Disney? Suspending its semi-annual dividend. Wow. 
Bottom line, the part of the market that's working healthcare technology, life sciences, and e-commerce doing so well that it obscures the pain in travel, leisure, banking, industrial, retail, restaurant. Those losers are still weighing us down. But on a day like today, it feels like they simply don't matter. How about you go to Giorgio in Illinois, please? Giorgio. Mr. Kramer, yes. I am an Action Alert Plus member. I want to say thank you. Oh, man, I'm trying to everything I got at that one. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Truly appreciate it. With the focus of work-at-home stocks, this company in February said that it is aiming for profitability by the end of this year. Why hasn't Dropbox had the activity like most? Well, I think because, in the end, Dropbox has a looming, as a powerful adversary in Microsoft. That last quarter was, I thought, was okay, though. Um, I think Dropbox, you know, look, I've been buying Dropbox. I talk about when I buy Massimo and buying Chad, but I've liked Dropbox, and I've been wrong. But it's been wrong because Microsoft's so powerful. But that last quarter was good, and I say hang in. All right, we've got two markets, and the strength is what's masking the pain in the other. Remember, the strength is being masked because of, a lot of it's because of life science and 5G, because of the Zoom generation. On May Money Tech, will COVID-19, it's okay to laugh for once. Change higher education for good? I'm talking with the CEO of Chegg. Oh, my, what a quarter. Then we'll waltz back to business when things reopen again. I don't know. I'll tell you why Tennessee proves it's not going to be that easy. And it's the top stock in the times of pandemic and it's flying under the radar of many investors. Do not miss my sit down with the CEO of Everbridge. Stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com. Or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving.
Okay, look at this incredible run in Chegg. It was the talk of the town today. It's the on-demand interconnected learning platform, which rocked up more than 30% today and not a takeover. Here's a company that used to have a big textbook business, but for years they've been trying to pivot to digital learning, the only kind of learning we can do now during the pandemic. Last time we learned just how well they were doing when Chegg reported a massive top and bottom line beat with terrific guidance for the next quarter, the star of the show. Even better, management noted that subscriber growth accelerated through March and April. That's right, accelerated revenue growth as more and more students were stuck at home. So let's take a closer look with Dan Rosenzweig. He is the co-chairman, president, and CEO of Chegg and known as just a great guy to everybody in the Valley to learn more about the quarter and where his company is headed. Dan, welcome back to Mad Money. Mr. Kramer, how are you? And in your honor, I'm carrying my mask. Well, I like that. um, I like that. I'm glad for you. Thank you for the follow, too. Okay, let's go right to it. Um, I've got to ask you, what do you think are the lessons from COVID-19 and the impact of the future of higher education on Chegg? Yeah, look, Jim, when, when we sat down probably for the first time three years and three months ago and the stock was at three and you're the only person that gave us a, an opportunity to speak and you backed us uh, back then, we said that we believe that inevitably people were going to move online, need to learn online, need more online support and help, need to learn in different languages, different subjects, different questions, and it needed to be on demand and it needed to be high quality and it needed to be affordable. And so what we saw literally uh, almost overnight in the middle of March. We were already having a great first quarter. We were already set to beat our numbers. But we saw a 2% overall growth rate increase just in the last two weeks. And that has gone into April on a much higher number. And so we're predicting now that the growth rate is going to be about 45% for Q2 on top of the biggest numbers we've ever had. So the lessons here are if you have things that are relevant and affordable and high quality and people understand the value um, that you can really, you know, help them out during a very difficult time. I think we got to talk a little more, and I wasn't going to go this way, but the affordability. You've been fourteen yeah. ninety five forever, but you've doubled down. You've given people more and more of a bargain. That's like Sam Wal. That's what Sam Walton taught us, but nobody follows it except for you. Yeah, well, you know, Amazon did for a long time, which is they kept lowering the prices right. and giving that's you more true. value. Um, and so, uh, you know, look. The reality is in the world of technology, things ought to be able to be cheaper. You ought to be able to be more personalized, more relevant, and add more things and respond instantly. It's one of the great things about our business model, which is we own the customer, we own the data, we own the credit card, and we own all the content. And as a result of that, we should be able to provide more value to each person individually and collectively. And we've, as you point out, we've had the same price for 10 years. And we've been able to make more money out of it because we're, the cost of customer acquisition has declined. Uh, the renewal rates have gone up. Cancels have gone down. And it's right once used many times, it's like the old software model at 90% margin. Right. Now, a couple your, your conference call is a classic in terms of understanding things. And one of the things I thought was most impressive also was a great Fortune magazine article about, about you. The cost of higher education has gotten out of hand. Chegg yes. seems to be the only one, not the government, not the boards, not the boards, because they're protecting the institution, as you said, certainly not the professors. It's just Chegg. Chegg is the only thing making it less expensive. Well, you know, we we long learned learned a long time ago that by putting the student first, who's the most important person in the higher uh, higher education system? 
what's not the institution, it's not the professor, it's not the administration, it's not the publishers, it's not the bookstore, it's the student. And they need to be treated like they're the customer as opposed to somebody taking a toll every time they do something. And so we built our business around being student first. And as a result of that, we've been able to keep lower prices, make our quality higher, add more services, and we have been rewarded handsomely by students because, as you know, and your daughters were Chegg users, that, um, that if you focus on them instead of try to take from them, they will become incredibly loyal and recommend you at levels that we had never seen before. Totally true. Complete word of mouth. That's how they found out about it. Now, let me ask you yeah. uh, the question that my friend David Fabrum, you know, is asking. Everybody's <laughs> asking, what's going to happen in the fall, Dan? Yeah, well, that's not knowable at the moment. But here's what we do know. We do know the, the economic factors will win out, which is colleges have to open one way or the other, because economically, they'll go out of business if they don't. Even when the largest schools, and I know you're a Harvard guy, but Stanford out where we live, you know, they have endowments of $41 billion and $27 billion, and they're still cutting the salaries at the administration. And so we know that the operating budgets of these schools are too high for their revenues. And so they're going to have to open no matter what. So the question is whether they open online first and then move in January on campus, or they do a hybrid in some states where they feel more comfortable. And then what are freshmen going to do? All of our research says 20% of freshmen are questioning whether or not they should go in the fall anyway. But they can't really take a gap year. They can't take a gap year because there's no place to travel and no jobs to have. So what we think is starting to happen and what we think is going to happen is even those that don't go, international students in particular, are going to start taking online classes like crazy. And even the state of California has lowered their prices because they realize now for the first time they're in a price war. Well, that's your sweet spot. Once again, that's Chig. <laughs> we tend to do well in, in, in a value creation opportunity. Yeah, I so, spoke to my friend um, Chuck Robbins because he heard you were on. He, of course, he just yes. loves you, like everybody I mentioned in the Valley. And he said, you know what? The guy does for charity what you don't. You can't believe. But I know, and my daughter was a crisis counselor for a long time. This crisistextline.org may be the right. most important thing you've done because, damn, people are the highest, most tense, challenged, and upset I've ever seen. Yeah, Jim, thank you for bringing that up. And Chuck has been remarkable. He created um, Project Backyard or Operation Backyard in Silicon Valley. And through that, we donated $250,000 to food safety because of the leadership that Chuck has shown. But in this case, because it is Mental Health Awareness Month and because it is Giving Tuesday and because we have the honor of being on Mad Money, we are donating today the crisis text hotline for exactly the reasons you said, which is the mental health issues, anxiety issues, stress, stress issues, issues, increased alcoholism, drug use, depression. These are things that we can't afford to let happen to the future of America, our children. And so we're sponsoring a channel specifically for students to be able to reach out to crisis because the volume has gone up so high, they don't have enough counselors. Right. So even though they don't charge, they still need money to pay these counselors and run the organization. And we're thrilled today to make that donation specifically to crisistextline.org. So thank uh, you for bringing so that up because nothing matters more right now. And when my daughter was on that suicide hotline, it was, it's not a very lucrative and it is one of the most stressful jobs yeah. in the world. What could possibly be more important than, than that, except maybe being on the front lines of Corona right now? Exactly. Right? Well, Dan, thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, man. We could, in three bucks, man, we got it right. You and me. All right, buddy. You, well, you, you more than me. 
Steve, but I'm happy we delivered for you. All thank right, you, thank you. That's Dan Rosenzweig. I've known him for years. Chase CEO, president, co-chairman. What a quarter. Congratulations to all of you who stayed with Dan. Of course, you should have. Stay with Kramer. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollar sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/slash/MadMoney. Just go to Indeed.com/slash/MadMoney right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com/slash/MadMoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Should we take the Tennessee pledge to go out of business within a few days after the economy reopens? Right now, Wall Street's full of excitement about how gradually we're lifting that lockdown to get back to work. I don't blame them. Although if the virus starts spreading like wildfire again and we have to go back into lockdown, that is going to be devastating. But even if that doesn't happen, there's one teensy tiny problem with this whole plan. Running a business in the time of COVID is a nightmare. I know our government has thrown a lot of money at small businesses, but how the heck do you run a business when it's pretty much illegal to turn a profit? As the part owner of a couple restaurants, I've been itching to hit the ground running when we reopen. However, it's a lot more complicated than just opening our doors again. No one really knows any of the rules of what it's going to be like health-wise. But we did get a glimpse with this thing called the Tennessee Pledge. It's the new rules and regulations, including for reopening restaurants, that we got from Tennessee's Governor Bill Lee. These rules are safe and healthy for the customer, which is great. But there's simply no way most restaurants can possibly obey them without going right out of business. Let me give you the specs. First, when a customer shows up, you have to ask them whether they've been in close contact with a confirmed case of COVID-19, whether they have a cough, shortness of breath, or a sore throat, whether they've had a fever in the last 48 hours. They give you those answers. Then you have to take their temperature. Oh, they'll love that. Over 100.4 degrees, no service. Once your customers get through that pleasant gauntlet, they'll be seated by our masked and gloved employees at tables that are six feet apart. Six feet apart. For one of our restaurants, the Fanshawe one, that means we can only use four out of 11 tables. We have to take out seven tables. Better still, you can't have more than six people at any given table. The large groups are what makes you the most money. Make it up at the bar, maybe, you ponder. Nope, no bar. Closed. That's the biggest profit center for most restaurants, and it's shut down until the state gets a better handle on the virus. Now, look, I take this virus very seriously. I want us to do everything in our power to beat it. I'm glad the state of Tennessee understands that if you have to choose between the health of the citizens and the profitability of the small businesses, I'm glad they're picking health. It's the right thing to do. But from my perspective as a small business owner, all I can say is, well, check, please. No, not the one you give the customers. I'm talking about the check you have to write back to the federal government when you return their payroll protection money because it makes more financial sense to shut down permanently. Could we make it up and take out delivery, you say? Hmm. Unless you have the scale to make good food at reasonable prices with drive through lanes and organized pickup like Chipotle, it's very difficult to make money on takeout. 
We'd have to almost triple the check size to turn a profit with these rules if we have people come in at those, sport, those few tables we have. And who's going to pay that? So what's the real takeaway here? Look, I don't have a solution to this. These rules are necessary to keep people from getting sick. And they'll be fantastic for the larger operators with deeper pockets who have the wherewithal to survive this difficult period. Once we get a vaccine, the big change can take over the world. You think we're saturated with Starbucks now? Just wait until there's one on every corner capitalizing on much lower rents because most small coffee shops won't be able to survive. I can see darting, picking and choosing at malls to make Olive Garden one of the few sit down restaurants people can still go to. Be like when we were little, remember when we would take mom out for Mother's Day and that was it? You can eat by either stock uh, of Darden or, and it's not my favorite, or certainly Starbucks, which is, if the Tennessee Pledge turns out to be a model for the rest of the country. And listen, these aren't even the harshest rules I've seen. Some states are insisting on automatic doors. Others are going to require airflow changes to reduce the spread of COVID uh, because the droplets are known to be spread by powerful air conditioners. Listen, 13 million people work in the restaurant industry, or at least they did a few months ago. I have no idea how many will be left if we have to operate this way for an extended period of time. But I know it won't be many. I bet 20 to 30 percent of the bars and restaurants won't even reopen in this country as that owners. What's the antidote? Well, it's just like everything else. The vaccine can't come soon enough. Garrett in Georgia. Garrett. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to wish a happy birthday to my man Talbot out in Dallas and extend a giant thank you to you, your team, and the entire CMB staff for the unbelievable work you guys have done in the last two months. Thank you. Now, thank you for recognizing this. It's, 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 it's a difficult time. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, overnight, for You guys make it look easy. <laughs> now, thank you. Given the amount of professionals and students pivoting to virtual meetings as well as the continued growth in gaming, what do you think, given its return to January highs and earnings due out next Monday, a Bracken Barrels Logitech. I think it's good. I think Logitech is in the right position. They've got a lot of the stuff you need for virtual, uh, for uh, Zoom, like uh, the partners of Zoom. Uh, and it's been a, a very good stock, and we've been behind it for a long time, and we're sticking with it. All right. Running a business right now, a nightmare. We need a vaccine. That's a small business. Obviously, a big business. If you're running that, you're kidding. All right. Much more man money ahead. Looking for a lesser known stock that's poised to get a tailwind from the pandemic? I'll reveal the name when I sit down with the CEO. Then it's a company whose product can help save the lives of coronavirus patients who run into trouble while battling the virus at home. Don't miss my exclusive with Massimo. And the lawyer calls rapid fire tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. We spent a lot of time telling you about companies that can survive and even thrive during the time of coronavirus. But there's an elite group of these COVID-19 winners that almost seemed like they were made for this exact moment. Take a company called Everbridge that we've been talking about. It's a software as a service company that's in the critical event management business. They help public and private organizations automate and accelerate their responses to horrible situations. Hey, think terrorist attacks and natural disasters, a pandemic. Now, Everbridge just reported an amazingly strong quarter for the close today, delivering a big earnings beat on a higher than expected sales, up 38% year over year. Even better, at a time when many other companies are pulling their guidance, these guys actually raised their full-year forecast. That's incredible. Okay, they're not properly yet. But they're breaking just a 16 to 19 cent loss for 2020, down huge from previous forecasts called for 75 to 70 cent loss, 77 cent loss, because they're in the right place. Yeah, we already got a big win in this stock. It's run from just under 90 when we first recommended to in January to 112 as of today's close. You know, the market's been down, but can it keep climbing? Let's dig deeper with David Murdoch. He's the CEO of Everbridge. to get a better read on his quarter and where his company's headed. Mr. Murdoch, congratulations on a great quarter and welcome back to Mad Money. 
Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back on the show. Oh, excellent. Okay, so you've done a lot of great stuff lately. And one of the things that I'm really interested in hearing about is this uh, return to work software solution, because this very much dovetails with what Mark Benioff talked about yesterday with return to work. And you even talk about contact tracing. And how, how do you help a company if I, if you, I bring you in for Everbridge return to work? Yeah, thanks, Jim. I, I really want to talk about that. I first want to just say uh, thank you to our first responders, our frontline healthcare workers, and all the essential workers out there. You know, we've got almost all of our employees working remotely now, but not everybody can do that, and they're sacrificing for all of us. We appreciate all those workers, and, and we're supporting about 3,700 first responder organizations, 1,500 healthcare workers. Uh, New York City, Florida, California, Connecticut, Vermont. And I can tell you, our state and local government officials are working around the clock to try to keep their people safe. And uh, just a lot of respect and appreciation. Um, To your question, and thanks to you, by the way, Jim, because you and CNBC have been out in front on educating the public on the coronavirus from day one. And uh, you're doing a great job. So, So thank you. Uh, To your question on the uh, return to work solution that we launched today, we have three major customer segments for this. First are businesses. So if you're a business right now, say you're a multinational and you're trying to go back to work and you've got offices in multiple countries and multiple cities around the world, you've got different guidelines. In some places, you may have to take a temperature when they come in. Other places might have an immunity pass, they call it, if if we end up having such things. Um, You You've got different guidelines, different rules. You've got to keep track of all that. You've got to keep your people safe. You've got to keep your operation running. And you've got to keep your supply chain running at a time where there are disruptions happening right now. We've got an enterprise-wide system and a platform that will manage all that for you in a digital manner, uh, digital Mm -hmm. transformation. And that does include contact tracing. So we're already integrated now with 225 out-of-the-box system integrations, including things like your physical access controls in the building, your calendaring systems, your visitor management, your uh, uh, travel systems. So um, we have a mobile app and other Mm -hmm. ways we can communicate to do wellness checks with the employees. So if someone has symptoms or someone by now has been exposed, we're able to very quickly use our system to find out who else that works at that company have they been exposed to over the last couple of weeks. And then very quickly can drive isolation protocol, manage all the communication for that very quickly. I think it's really important to point out we need a we want a vaccine, but until we get it, we've got to leverage technology to keep people safe and get back to work as best we can. Absolutely. On the government side, we're doing some really exciting work. Um, The country of Norway is one example. We get to work with countries all around the world and look at all the different use cases. Norway is doing, their metrics are about 10 times better than a lot of the other European but countries. I, 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 Part I of what David, they're doing is... David, I think that the Vermont initiative, where your uh, legislators and lawmakers are here to COVID-19 social distancing, is really very hot button here in our country right now. What you're doing in Vermont. Yeah, Vermont is, it's amazing what they did. So um, the legislature in Vermont, for the first time ever are doing social distancing and remote voting. So they're keeping their staffers safe, they're keeping their legislators safe, and they've been able in a secure, compliant, and fast way to manage dozens of critical votes, a lot of them about coronavirus uh, and keeping people safe. And I think you can look at the U.S. 
across Congress. You can look at a lot of other legislatures across the country. And I think it's a great best practice that Vermont's been doing. We've worked with Vermont for years at the statewide level. We've worked with their state police. And now we're really honored and excited to be supporting their legislature with that social distancing. Uh, One last question. Uh, What do you do for Shopify, which is about to report? So we got a bunch of great new logos we added last quarter. Shopify is one of them. Uh, Again, they're um, using the system to keep track of their people, coordinate communications with them, uh, help them uh, get back to work. And um, that's a deal we just closed in in, uh, last quarter. Um, A couple of other big deals. We just won Bristol Myers Squibb, which is a full CEM customer. That's a new logo we added. Um, also helping them with their and their supply chain. Uh, Cisco, which is a giant, uh, 75,000 uh, employees, 500 offices in the world. We're protecting all their employees, all their sites. That's another new CEM deal we won in Q1. Well, look, I think you're doing terrific. Uh, unbelievable uh, growth and fantastic guidance. I'm glad someone gave guidance. I want to thank David Meredith, the CEO of Everbridge. Thank you so much, sir. Congratulations. Thanks for having me, Jim. Thank you. Now, this is a company that was basically set up, just set up for this moment. Ned Money's back in for the break. It is time. It's time for the And then the lighting round is over. Are you ready, Ski? That's for the lightning round. It's time for John in California. John. Hey, booyah, Jim. Booyah. Uh, because I love Dexcom. In late March, I bought this small position in Tandem Diabetes Care. Mm-hmm. They make the insulin pumps that go with Dexcom's glucose monitors. Should I- now, Tandem, I tell you, this thing's heavily short and it's wrong. They had a great quarter this week. Dexcom's my fave, and you know that. We've caught maybe t- 10 times. But this, this Tandem is a good company. Let's go to Sean in New York. Sean. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. Uh, so with tanker companies rolling in cash right now because of the oil supply glut and lack of land storage, I expect blowout guidance for Q2 after a record April, especially in Scorpio tankers, Scorpio tankers tomorrow. So with the stock still trading roughly 50% below January levels and them not planning on upping their dividend, do you think they'll issue buybacks with all that cash? No, I don't know. I mean, look, these are trading stocks. We should always know that the, tra- that the tankers are traders. And uh, they don't offer necessarily uh, a lot of value or, or necessarily do the right thing at various times. So you got to be very careful. Let's go to Lori in Pennsylvania. Lori. Hi, Jim. It's Lori from Eagles Nation. How are you? Go uh, bleed green. I'm bleeding green today. What's going on? What do you think of the draft last week? Oh, the draft? I thought we did okay, frankly. Uh, you know, what I want is the season. And that I'm not so sure about. But... What do we got? They say we're going to get it, but hopefully we'll get it. I don't know. I think it would have been the biggest news if it wasn't for, sadly, this. All right. We we got to go a little more stock-oriented because Dr. Fauci's not the head of the NFL. Go ahead. Okay. Well, listen, I consider you numero uno when it comes to investing, but I was wondering what your thoughts are on a company, uh, sadly, that I think will do well in this turmoil. It's called LPL Financial. It's a financial. It says everything you need to know. We are not recommending any financial on this show. I mean, I know it's pretty amazing, except for the fintech stories. Let's go to Darcy in New Jersey, who may also be, be green. Darcy. Booyah. Booyah. Oh, it's so great to talk to you. Same. I but. just want to know, I mean, 
Well, can you hear me? I'm ready for you. Yeah. Hear me? Interesting lightning round. I hear you. Oh, sorry, man. No, I was just wanted to, you know, wonder, you know, based on everything that you've taught me and everything from your books, I mean, stay mad for life. That's, that's the Bible. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah, the, um, I'm looking at, you know, my, my two little kids, Ethan and Kira, and, and them. their little custodian. Okay. They, they've okay. got their custodial rock. All right, just got to take a phone call. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah? So, what, what are we looking at in terms of Carvana? All right, we had them on. I don't, really don't know how they make money, but, boy, it's a pretty good way to buy a car. They have to start making money. And uh, they do have a very interesting business model that it's not clear to me uh, how they'll necessarily make money, but it's uh, very convenient. All right, let's go to Eric in Florida. Eric. Hey, Booyah, Jim, from Booyah. sunny Miami, Florida. Yes. I love your show. I watch it every day. Thank um, you. Listen, I bought a nice chunk of JPM, J.P. Morgan Chase, in mid-March, and I'm looking to go for the long run. Okay, as long as you say that, that's what's important because it's a bit of a hold right now. Uh, the market's divided between life sciences and tech against financial, industrial, travel, leisure, industry. Uh, and so uh, manufacturing. So that right now is an out of favor stock. One day it'll be back in favor after the pandemic ends. Let's go to Joe in Virginia. Joe. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. Uh, thank you for all that you do for us. I've been watching the show for a couple months now. I've had some great results, so thank you so much. Oh, you're that welcome. Said, I got a quick question for you. All right. With that. I want to know, what do you think of CoStar Group? You know, look, I like it's kind of a fintech, but there's only a couple fintechs I'm recommending. Uh, and I know it's not the same exact little industry, but I like Master Cardboard. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. We keep coming back to the COVID-19 winners, the companies that actually benefit from the pandemic. Tonight, I've got another one for you, Massimo. Here's a medical device company that makes non-invasive monitoring systems, especially pulse oximetry systems that take your pulse and monitor your oxygen levels. As the virus spread, we've needed a lot more of these machines because more ICU patients, well, means more sales. Plus, Massimo has come up with some new products, like a remote patient monitoring platform that allows healthcare workers to keep track of your vitals from a safe distance. Oh, in March, we learned that they're acquiring a German ventilator manufacturer called TNI Medical, something else we desperately need right now. No wonder the stock surged to a new all-time high today. Do not take it from me. Let's check in with Joe Chiani. He's the CEO of Massimo, which we've been behind for a very long time. Learn more about how this company's handling the pandemic. Mr. Chiani, welcome back to Mad Money. Great to be with you, Jim. Sir, I think that your company is performing a service that I, don't, I want people to understand. It's two parts. One, I want you, and I've got the Massimo safety net, but I've also got the thing that I check four times a day, which is my Massimo pulse oximeter. One is that people don't realize that the pulse oximeter in many ways is more important than the thermometer. And second, people don't understand how contagious it is to go into a patient's room versus what you offer. Explain. Well, we have been around for 31 years, as you know, Jim. As my wife said, it feels like everything we've done has been for this moment. Yes. From inventing a technology set, pulse oximetry, that works even when the patient's moving or has low blood flow, to making it tetherless, wireless. So as you said, 
You could put the patient in the room, let's say the ICU bed, bring the monitor outside of the room, and instead of walking into the room to check on the vital signs of the patient, which means you got to put the PPE equipment on and maybe waste what there isn't enough to go around anyway, you can now remotely monitor the patient, and when you need to go inside, you go inside the room to give care to the patient. So you think, Joe, most people around the country do not know that it's that contagious and that that seven feet that they have to walk through can be a death sentence if they don't have the right equipment. And most people ran out of the right equipment very quickly because it's just, they never thought that you'd be so contagious to just go see the patient. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to put your uh, head around that. But uh, unfortunately, as a study at MIT showed, when someone sneezes or coughs, actually there's about 30 feet of air that will have the aerosol in it. Now, that wasn't the COVID-19 aerosol, but others. So six feet is really the minimum. So you need protective gear. And something you said earlier about the thermometer, you know, unlike the thermometer, which any thermometer you buy, whether it's got a cool UI or not, is going to be accurate, pulse oximeters aren't all accurate. And unfortunately, they, even the good ones for the hospital suffer from patients moving or have low perfusion. And the, the knockoffs coming out of China, they can't even track desaturation, most of them. Well, so I, having funny you mention it. a I product a that's reliable... I have a knockoff with me. Yeah, Joe, you good. <laughs> and I tried the knockoff right. three times. I should be in a hospital right now. And then three times, I'm the healthiest guy in America. I mean, it is. I mean, there is yeah. just a great difference. Now, one cost yeah. me. Yours is down thirty dollars on Amazon. I don't know what that's about, but this is not what you want. You want the complete system. One is just a, a thing. It's a gimmick. But what you did do is create this system you just mentioned, where you can go home. The safer place and monitor yourself. You can't be in that hospital once you have it in your in your uh, in safety zone, right? You want to be monitored at home. Yes, yes, uh, for many reasons. One, when the surge happened, like places in New York or Ohio, there weren't enough beds for every patient. So the same exact technology that's been used in hospital that we developed over 30 years ago, over 200 million people are being monitored. We now have made it possible to send patients outside the hospital, including the home, which you're probably the most comfortable in, and allow clinicians to remotely monitor you so that if you get in trouble, like some patients have, mm -hmm. they can bring you right in. And if you're fine and recovering, you can be at your home where it's less chance of others getting your disease or less chance of you getting other disease and um, hopefully recover. Well, we should talk about uh, the safety net. And the reason why that's so important, explain to us, it has to do with the lungs are the pressure point here. Knowing how they're doing can really only be measured safely by a Massimo, correct? That is correct. Like Dr. Peter Pornova said on the webinar we did a few weeks ago, he said they can only do this because they trust our monitor right. to give them real actionable data and not have all the false alarms that even made pulse oximeters useless in the hospital's general ward, let alone miles away in a, in a home setting where the clinicians can't get to the patient by a quick walk. Well, well Joe, you're in a, a unique position because you see the order book. Are people pessimistic? Are, are the big hospital chains pessimistic or optimistic, judging by how much they're ordering from you? 
Pessimistic. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot of orders uh, starting March and uh, April has continued, as I mentioned on our earnings call. And on Massimo Safety Net, we only announced the full market release of this product a little over two weeks ago. And we went from, at the time, two hospitals implementing it, including the pilot hospital, University Hospital, who helped us uh, tweak the product and get it ready for market. We've gone now to 81 hospitals implementing it and another 785 hospitals in the queue. Is that because of that great video that you did? I mean, because I found that so compelling. <laughs> it was really, it was like a fight, you know, an ultimate fight. But it, it was so explanatory. They must be ordering off the video. Well, it is, but it's also a really low-cost way to scale, a really good way to protect the patients and protect the care providers by sending them somewhere else unless they need to be in the ICU. Wow. One last thing I should ask you, i uh, running out of time, but the ventilator acquisition, small but valuable? Extremely. Look, the, first of all, this company makes the quietest, best, high-flow uh, ventilation, non-invasive ventilation. And this is humid air, creates its own oxygen, so it's cleared not just for hospitals but home use. Oh, okay. And anecdotal data shows this product actually helps uh, people with COVID-19 do better. Now, cool. of course, in extreme situations, they'll need an invasive ventilator. Right. But if you can use this at the beginning and avoid them needing that invasive ventilator, it'll be phenomenal. Oh, now, Joe, the, only downside, mm. the only downside is that because you're not closing the loop, there will be aerosol in the room from the oh. patient breathing out. So it might be more dangerous for the care providers. But at home, when you're sending these patients home, with right. our maximal safety net to monitor them, if you send them home with these ventilators, prophylactically, they might help not uh, help the patient not need to come to the right. ICU. Well, Joe, you're at the front lines most certain, and your people have done terrific. I want to thank you so much for coming on and explaining why, why Massimo is just, yes, that you've worked your whole life for this moment. Congratulations. You've done it. Thank you, thank sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Right, that's Joe Chiani, CEO of, of Massimo. And it's an amazing company. Now you know why the stock has been so great. Stick with Kramer. So on Twitter today, uh, Kramer, a little too negative lately in the morning show. Well, I mean, first, there is a, a pandemic. Not great. Uh, but also, I mean, when you're watching the tape, it says Disney suspends the dividend. I mean, you know, it's like, holy cow, West Rock spent, you know, cuts did wow. And then you get, yeah, sure, you got some great technology stocks that are doing really well and some great life science stocks. But that's really about it. Like I said, there's always more markets somewhere. I promise you to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. I'll see you tomorrow. Markets in turmoil with my friend Scott Wobner is coming up now. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.